Hi, I'm Chloe Levine from the movie Antarctica, and you're listening to Thinking Outside of the Long Box. Are we already live or no? We're going right now. I think we're live now. We're going. It's going. It's going. Now? It says it says we're live. Are we live? live. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Thinking Outside the Long Box. Uh, so as you can probably tell in the background, I'm in a hotel room, so we're actually gonna merge two episodes together. We're gonna talk about uh, that was the scissoring thing for some reason. Uh, uh, so today we're going to talk on our live episode about uh, the end of the Mandalorian. So, uh, really quick, everybody, I'm Gabe. I'm Tim. Best one AC Canellis, nice to see you. I'm Juan. <laughs> we definitely <laughs> just fell AC on We definitely didn't fill a bit on the intro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Filling people in on stuff is stupid, Tim. Yeah, it's yeah, not no, as fun really that dumb. way. But AC's here, and he's probably about to fill us in on stuff. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> of course, today we're going to, uh, you know, if you have anything that you want to talk about, please let us know in the chat. Juan will interject it. Uh, thank you for watching us live, if you are watching. And, of course, uh, today we're going to talk about Mandalorian, uh, specifically kind of about the season finale, but probably the whole season, like, kind of as a whole. Um, oh, I can't, I can't lie. I've been waiting since <laughs> last session to talk about Mandalorian. <laughs> like, oh, God, such a fucking Star Wars boner the entire time the show has been going. Really quick, too, before we get too far into our Star Wars movie, be sure to uh, check out our special episode where we interview Emily Swallow, who plays the armor. Uh, which is amazing. Like, absolutely one of the best characters in the show. So, yeah. Uh, when it comes up, really good interview. She has some of the best dialogue in the first season. Oh, my God. Told- Every scene with her is awesome. What's up for people? I told her... I told her in the interview that her dialogue, her character, is the impetus for the entire second season. But if her character does not exist, then the Mandalorian has no reason to take Grogu back to his people. Uh-huh. Which we, I'm sure we'll get to. I have thought. Like, like, that part, like, just to keep talking about the interview, because this is awesome. I'm excited to listen to it when it comes it's out. Good. Like, the whole like last scene with the armorer and the Mandalorian together, um, when he's like, "You want me to return this creature to a race of enemy sorcerers?" and she just kind of turns to him and very nonchalantly goes, "This is the way." Like, and it's just like hard stop. Like you can't argue with it. <laughs> that's, that's literally your whole fucking creed. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about that was. Right before, she had sacrificed every Mandalorian that was on that planet that had been in hiding, only coming out one at a time to protect themselves to save Din Djarin and the child. She she let them all die to save him. 
So at that point, it doesn't matter how hard his new quest is, that sacrifice had already been made. When he was trapped, when he was uh, shooting over the side of that little garbage can, trying to not get killed, and then the Mandos came flying in on their jetpacks and rockets and everything, finding out that after that, the sweep that came for them wiped them all out, and she was the only one that may have been left, picking up the last bits of their armor to maybe give to one other guy. Sorry, after that, you have to do what she says, because they lived and died by yeah. what she told them. He is no less, no ex- not no exemption for him for that. <laughs> she, she, does, she does say that most of them make it out. That there's, we were probably led to believe that there were a shitload more Mandalorians hanging out in those sewers than the ones we saw. I know right. so. I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is a jab at Gabe, but it's a, but Jerry Snowbarger said, Gabe, dot, 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 you haven't left the house in weeks, huh? Yeah, I, I haven't left the house in weeks until now. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on. Where are we at so, with Mando? Season so, two. first of all, this, uh, so because of this, somebody else had posted like a picture that shows the movies and TV shows in chronological order, like that they happen in the, in, in universe. So like episode one, episode two, Clone Wars, episode three, like Rebels, like that. Okay. The princess just farted like you would not believe. God damn. Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. So on, your dog just took a shit on my dirty laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it smells awful. Sorry, so, continue. It's blowing so me away I, over here. I went back, and so far I've watched episode one and two, and the first, I want to say like 16 or 17 episodes of Clone Wars. Like, I'm not, I'm going to keep powering through it, you know, because it's, it's great. Like, I don't mean powering through it like I don't like it, but. It's a lot um, to watch. Yeah. What, like, what's up? Huh. <laughs> like when uh, when I first saw that Gabe was doing this, oh. like Whoa. when I when I saw that Clone Wars enough. was on that timeline, I was like, "Fuck!" If he decides to watch Clone Wars, he's in for a little bit of a schlog. Not that it's like hard to watch because Clone it's, Wars is fucking awesome. It's just like that there's seven seasons of it. Like yeah, like there there are a ton of filler, obviously, but. There's like Every Jar Jar Binks episode. Yes, but like there are a couple of Jar Jar episodes that are actually the fucking shit. Like the one where they go to the Mon Calamari episode, and Darn. Jar Jar Binks just like continuously fucks things up, but somehow it still works out because he ends up like releasing this giant aquatic monster that takes out a bunch of fucking Empire. Like it's you know, or uh, I guess separatists at that point. Right. Like ah. Oh. Such a fucking good show. But going back and watching it, you can see the building blocks that they used to make Mandalorian in a lot of this stuff, not just in Clone Wars, but like in episode one and two. Uh, you know, they mentioned midichlorians in the second season of, of uh, Mandalorian. Uh, that's why they're trying to get Grogu's blood. Yeah. Because he has a high concentration of it. Like, probably one of the most universally panned ideas in the Star Wars universe. And they just, 
they ran with it. They're taking yeah, they're like, it and they're running with it. And like, I haven't heard know, one fucking person complain about it. Like, right. you know, there's there's a lot of really cool things that they're doing with it that are trying to like pull those three movies like into the canon in such a way where as I was watching episode one and two, there's definitely major problems with the, how the movies are filmed, like the pacing of them. Like the whole first episode, like a third of that movie is the stupid pod race. I fucking I mean, like, hate the pod race. Swear to God, the next time I hear Anakin, like baby Anakin yell, yippee, I'm gonna fucking find that guy and kill him. Because that is like... <laughs> The most poorly acted moments, like several, there's like four of them in episode one where he just goes, hippie. That's that's so stupid. Like it's awful. But the stories themselves and like what the plot is building towards is actually kind of interesting. Like I, I don't hate it as much as I used to, partially because of solo and mandalorian because it's it's digging into those two things are digging into some of the ideas that are in those first three episodes but that the first three episodes just popped up and and they're trying to like they're trying to like go back find some of the cool ideas in it and pull them forward in such a way that makes you hate them less (laughs) it's like looking back at the prequels with like forced rose-colored glasses, like and saying, "What are the cool things yeah. that we can pull out of this?" They're like, "All right, we can't get rid of it. It's canon. So, how do we make this work?" <laughs> and, and so far, it it does. Like going back and rewatching episode one and two, I was like, "Oh, well, I guess that makes a lot more sense when I take." you know, these other things into mind. When I think about Clone Wars, what I've seen of Clone Wars so far, what I what I take from Solo, what I take from Mandalorian, like all of those things kind of lean on all nine of the movies in a lot of ways, which is, is pretty cool. It's weird that the movies, which used to be the thing that, well, it kicked off Star Wars, that were the big marquee event for Star Wars, are now the things that constantly have to be repaired by Clone Wars, by Rebels, by Mandalorian, by the shows that are coming out with Kenobi, with Ahsoka, with Vader, um, you know, the, with Boba. I mean, the thing that used to be the strong point is now the thing that's having to be propped up by the rest of it. I mean, I'm one of those nerds that read the Zahn novels, that read the comics that Dark Horse published, that kept people interested in Star Wars. You, oh, you're one of, oh, you're one of you're those? You're one of the people that, that read the multi-week best-selling novels? Here we go. You're, so You're one of those people that Doyle refuses to believe exist. <laughs> Weird. Dude, did you guys ever read Dark Empire? Yes. Dark Horse? Like, you know who else read it? Fucking millions of people. <laughs> who else read it? That's why it's still alive. Because in 1983, that was the last we got from Lucas for decades. For he decades. Was so busy. You need to see the uh, the Netflix story on how on on the toys, the toys that made us, the Star Wars episode, because it makes it perfectly clear that the reason Lucas did not do the sequels for Star Wars when he did was because he was waiting for the rights that he had signed over to Hasbro in a deal that we all thought made him millions and did, but was an unfavorable deal, or sorry, Kenner. 
he was waiting for that deal to expire. And as soon as it did, on the day that they stopped renewing their license, that month he had announced that the prequels were coming out so that he could do something completely different. He was completely financially motivated. We did not get the sequels that we wanted on the big screen, on the middle screen, on any screen for decades because of that. And in the meantime, if you liked Luke, if you wanted to see what happened next, you had to go somewhere else. read the books. You had to read the books. That was it. That kept it alive. I'm going to interject real quick because there's comedy going on in the comments section. Or play the games, the video games too. So Jerry said, Gabe, you're starting to look like Tom Hanks in Castaway after all that time on the island. I'm surprised you're captain now. I'm I'm surprised you aren't shying away from the light right now. You can do it, Annie. Trim that mop on Gabe's head. You got a family of squirrels in your hair? I swear I just saw one move on its own. You saw one? You saw one of the family? I've been trying to get them out for weeks. <laughs> We're kind, eating my nuts. we're kind of live on Instagram right now too. I got the I got live pointed at the can, at the laptop. <laughs> Bizarre, live everywhere. So, going back to that, so you're right, okay? Like the expanded universe with the books and the games and the comics, like it was the only Star Wars that was out for like years and years and years. Tons and tons of people like participated in reading them. That's why so many people were pissed off when they like discarded that from canon and said, "No, nah, those don't count at all." And then they went back and they're like, yeah, well, "I was gonna say, let's consider it the mythology," which is a really cool idea to like think about it as like the mythology of Star Wars, where like some of those things may have happened that way, but also Luke might be full of shit. Right, right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, and it's, it's also propelled Disney to be like, oh, maybe we fucked up getting rid yes. of all of it because you know they've immediately backpedaled with Thrawn, and now they've basically solidified him by mentioning him by name in Mandalorian season two. Now they backpedaled so, with it with other things before Thrawn. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, like, I just feel like that one is like the most notable because I know people were like ready to set cars on fire because of that because people love that fucking character. So like people cosplay Thrawn even though he's never been in anything in a movie. Yeah. So. Here's the thing. Because of that, I feel like the bulk of people are super familiar with the Luke story. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows who Luke is. I mean, you know, we're going to talk spoilers because it's been a week. Like, raise your hand if you knew it was Luke before they showed his face. I knew because of the lightsaber. Exactly. The lightsaber, the glove, the outfit, the lightsaber. Yeah, and a lone X-Wing for no fucking reason in the middle of deep space. Like, who the fuck else would it be? As soon as I saw the X-Wing, I knew it was Luke, and it was 100, like, it was 100% confirmed as soon as I saw his Michael Jackson glove. Okay? Because he's got a robotic hand. Right. If they showed the robotic hand, that would have been, like, an obvious getaway. So there is, like, before Mandalorian takes place, there is television and cartoons and characters and movies and books and comics with hundreds 
of other Jedi that could have filled that role like that like Tano knows, including other people that Luke knows, including people yeah. from episode one and two, including people from Rebels, like Cal Kestis. When they finished when they finished the uh, ninth episode, they said that's over. We're done with the Skywalker saga. Don't give me more Luke Skywalker. I know that story. Like, I get that it's probably just a cameo, but it's a cameo that I feel like wasted the opportunity to either bring somebody into the fold from, like, that canon that's discarded or to build up a different character that's just give them a little bit of extra juice. We know what happens to Luke. We've all fucking seen him drink bantha milk from the tip. You know, like, I get it. I get that he's like an important Jedi and that at that point in time, he was one of the only Jedi. But this is post-return, which means he's in the process of building the new Jedi Order. There are other Jedi out there that could have been in the show. And that, I think it's just, for me, it's literally the only time that I felt like Mandalorian fell on its face just for a nostalgia gimme. Like, so, and I fucking hate it. So I, I wanted to, I, I wanted to figure out when this was, um, because like you, I didn't really, I didn't really understand um, but so I just was reading, this was the, the easiest timeline, uh, excerpt that I could find. And it reads, my personal dream is Sebastian Sand, blah, blah, blah. We know that in the years that followed the battle of Endor, Luke traveled the galaxy compelled by the force to seek relics like a star compass and remnants of a force sensitive tree. Uh, it's unclear exactly when Luke founded this disastrous new Jedi school that Ben Solo totally ruined. But that traumatic event supposedly didn't happen until some time between the years of 28 ABY and 33 ABY. There's a huge gap of time from about 6 ABY until, th- uh, until then, during which Luke wandered the galaxy with R2-D2 looking for relics. For him to pop up somewhere on the outer rim to help out Baby Yoda seems totally possible from a canonical standpoint. So it may be that there's not any other Jedi out there at this point. So this is five years after return. So you're the postulation is that in five years he hasn't met another Jedi while simultaneously building the new Jedi Order. Well, it says there that it doesn't that the that this happens in between the time where he was wandering, finding relics, and the time that he started to rebuild the Jedi. This was supposedly so before we, that. Point. If we think about if we think about the books as the mythology of Star Wars, the New Jedi Order starts 10 years after the fall of the Empire. So those five years he spends, or those 10 years he spends gathering the relics, gathering the books, which is like completely fucking unheard of in the Star Wars universe, which is awesome that they brought those back in the movies. No, but just turn it down a little bit, please. They don't want to hear St. Louis news, I don't think. But, uh, <laughs> but, but um, 
in those five years, there were, I mean, fuck, two episodes before they meet another Jedi. No, like, but I, what I, I think, mean, admittedly, Tano I, has like left the Jedi Order right. for like personal reasons, well, but, but she, still, they've already met a Jedi and they've used the Force in such a way that through that little beacon thing that Grogu fucking right. lights up like goddamn Christmas, there's no yeah. way other Jedi don't find him. Well, but she 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 says it in the she says it in the can, episode. Can I borrow your she says it in the episode that she says it in the episode that there might not be any Jedi out there. She says it herself that nobody that nobody might come. Nobody might come. Well, to her, I I don't I don't I'm not necessarily sure if Ahsoka Tano is even aware that Anakin Skywalker had children. No, there's no. Can you like hear me? Yeah, I feel like something she's got, something's going like on in the background. Picture by then, your TV Which, background noise got way worse, Gabe, when you put those headphones on. All right, is that better? Dude, no god, turn that down. Someone next door is going to hear that. Hear other people talking next door. Turn it down. Thank <laughs> I'm I'm not saying that he was the best choice. I I don't agree or disagree with that point. I'm just saying that they they give the reason two episodes beforehand. Ahsoka says that there might not be anything out there. There might not be anybody anything left of the Jedi Order out there. And so I just assumed that Luke was strong enough to hear the beacon and come, and that was okay with me. But he's not. Like that's the thing is like. Within their own canon, he's not, and that's that's what bothers me about it. Is they could have found like anybody in his bloodline, any like any of Ray's relatives, like any number of people could have been the the people that responded to it. It's just it's easier for them to just be like it's Luke. And that's that's great. It's just it's an easy out, and I don't like it because the show hasn't taken any easy outs before this. Like they don't tell you who Boba is till Boba tells you who Boba is. Like they don't tell you who Tano is. Like if you don't know who she is because you because you haven't seen Clone Wars, you have to go figure out who she is. Like, if you don't know who Thrawn is, it doesn't matter that they said his name on TV. He's just another name. Like, you don't know what the Darksaber is unless you actually, like, go back and, like, look at what the Darksaber is and why, you know, why it can't cut through Beskar but can destroy a lightsaber. Like, there's a million different things that they haven't taken the easy way on But for the season finale of this season, they did. Like, it just, it doesn't make very much sense to me because they could have done any number of things with the story. And instead they just said, eh, Luke has him. Cool. (laughs) Everything should go great. He definitely doesn't come from a lineage of people who kill young Jedis or fucking create Kylo Ren. Like, (laughs) I liked it. I'm just saying, nobody walks the line of being a Jedi 
and there's so much potential to like inadvertently turn Grogu into a Sith, like probably giving him the loot is the worst idea. Like, <laughs> so I want to jump in on that. The only reason is because of the last couple of new movies, which most people feel are a departure from what we know of Luke. We know that Luke was tempted to the dark side by his father. We know he was... Can I pause real quick? So this is where Ace becomes the anti-game. <laughs> talks about why the rest of us loved that it was Luke Skywalker just, that showed up. I just told I just told D'Angelo that that Gabe is trying to ruin his childhood because he just said he cried at the end of it when he found out it was Luke. I was so excited until I thought about it afterwards. Like, seriously, as it was happening, I was so stoked. And then I got over, I was like, ah, why did they take a layup? This could have been so much better. Anyway, go ahead, AST. Okay, because I've been... Bring D'Angelo back into the fold. (laughs) (laughs) Because... uh... Favreau and Filoni apparently see it as their personal mission to fix all the stuff in the last six main movies so that they actually make sense. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to episodes uh, one through three when Anakin is a hero. See episode one, he's a hero episode two until he kills the sand people and the women and the children, which acts as a panty peeler for Padme for some reason, instead of, Causing what should have been disgust, remorse, shame, concern, uh, ratting him out to Kenobi to try to get him some psychological help. Um, That's the only indication we have that he's got evil in him. And at this point, it's an important uh, important example of how people act when they can dehumanize someone else. Because at that point, he saw sand people as animals. And he even uses those words. In The Mandalorian, they've retconned that to show you that sand people have their own society. They are intelligent. They may be more like people who live in a lower tech part of the world that have their you know, their own way of doing things that would be seen as less evolved by people who uh, only look at things from their own point of view. But that was the only indicator we had until episode three where Anakin's hero, hero, yeah, kind of whiny, yeah, upset. I can get that he'd be upset about some of these things. And then all of a sudden... The sand people death happens in the second episode. Say that again? The sand people yeah. murder happens in episode two, like, pretty early. That was, like, the foreshadowing. And then they, immediately after that, he's saving Padme and Kenobi and making smart-ass quips like Han Solo. Uh, they immediately put you back into he's a hero. So, and part of this comes from Lucas's directing issues and his writing issues, um, because there was no consequence. There was no storyline continuity to him saying he slaughtered the sand people, but not just the men, the women and the children. And then after that scene, he goes back to being the normal Anakin he'd been through the whole movie. Yeah, kind of whiny. Yeah, kind of got a temper. But they pretty much ignore that he's a murderer at that point. <laughs> and then episode three, he's a hero again. And then he's getting so put upon because how can he be a on the council and not be a master? You know, so he's being like, I understand. These are these are things that a person without a good evolved ego and a good evolved self-identity would handle poorly. But that doesn't immediately lead to killing people that you see as human because he justified the sand people thing as, oh, they're animals. They killed his mom. That rage, if someone kills a family member, I can understand that that rage would be 
something that would lead you to act irrationally, but they never fixed or they never dealt with it in the movie. He was over in a couple of scenes and he was back to the Anakin of the beat, the first half of the movie. It took until the third movie when he's like, Oh, you want me to kill kids? Boom. Light switch flips, eyes turn yellow, lightsabers out, and he's cutting kids down as if that was his destiny all along, which maybe it was. But the, the character growth, the development, it was not an earned change. So what happened in the Clone Wars? They spend seasons showing how the Emperor systematically pulls apart every part of Anakin's faith in the Jedi. He takes apart his faith in their justice, which was the final nail in the coffin when they actually go after Ahsoka and falsely accuse her and are not being merciful to one of their own. Uh, they pull apart his uh, trust in his masters by showing how they're constantly flawed, how they're constantly pulled into politics. And these were all justifiable complaints, but the emperor highlighted each one. And in the show, you have that beautiful time to play it all out and show how a person who was a hero little by little has his faith crumbling beneath him. Um, the Mandalorian, although with less time and certainly the focus not being on Luke, not being on Anakin, still in the universe that is affected greatly by them. And it takes more than five years to dismantle a galactic empire. Like those guys are still around. They're still powerful. The head of the snake is cut off, but it's such a big organism that it takes time for the pain of one side to reach across the universe to the other bits for the system to finally fall apart. And as I said, the Republic was no good at installing something useful and functional after that. And that's why they keep falling apart. If they're idealists without practicality are destined to failure, unfortunately, you need an awareness of the real world and how to govern to get anywhere. So that's why the rebellion just ends up becoming the, the empire over and over again. Like it's, it ends up effectively being the same thing. And you see that in Mandalorian with, with, you know, the X-Wing cops and like, um, well, they keep leading to it. Like the lady's name. What's that? Oh, the, the, the the rebellion with the new movies, they showed that even when Luke goes and saves the universe, basically single-handedly, they still cannot seem to just make one government that can support the galaxy long enough for right under their noses, the empire to have their leftovers create a super death weapon and wipe out the top five planets and cut the head off of them. They're so non-resilient, non-capable of running an effective government. And they may be just good compared to the empire, but look at who was in charge before, Chancellor Valor. Like that guy was not exactly the kind of leader you want for a galaxy. He just wasn't Palpatine. They were, yeah, <laughs> they were kind of failures at all. It's, it's why the public is in such disorder at the beginning of the, the nine movies. Like, yeah, they couldn't get it together even after all that time. Yeah, they had Biden instead of Trump. Whoop de doo. Just. Just as a quick, just as a quick aside, the rescue, the rescue, which is the the last episode in this season, has a ninety five percent critic score. I mean, I guess I'm just trying to say that, like, the flaws in the movies keep getting spackled and patched by rebels and Clone Wars and everything else. Mandalorian is also, while creating its own story spackling and patching the flaws that happened to Luke. And 
You know, there there is a story that can be told about Luke's fall and seeing a broken down man that came from the greatest heights, and that it, it is a story worth telling. But as a fan of the original movies, who had to wait through prequels, who had to wait through Solo and Rogue One, and I enjoyed Solo and loved Rogue One, um, it was still a long time to finally see the version of Luke that people wanted to see. This was pretty much hidden away all these years, and the only time we see him again is drinking green milk and yelling at kids to stay off his lawn and no, he won't help his friends. No, Han and Leia, screw them. I only, you know, gave up my training as a Jedi on Dagobah because I could sense Han's pain across the universe, and that was enough to sacrifice not only the Jedi training, but his future to go help his friends. And now he doesn't even know that Han's dead. He has abandoned them for decades at that point. Like, uh, it was was another... It was another unearned flip that did not have the framework that led to it in a logical way. It was just like, hey, wouldn't it be cool if Luke was not what you expected? And in fact, not just what you didn't expect, but something you hated. And then we'll kind of make up for it a little bit at the end in a half-assed way that in some principle I can see from a nonviolent standpoint, but doesn't really at all make up for what he's caused I don't know. People just want the Luke that they've wanted to see ever since he walked into Jabba's palace and says, "I'm a master or I'm a Jedi Knight now." Kind of makes you, kind of makes you wonder if there's ever going to be down the pipeline a like taxi driver Luke Skywalker story where he just fucking falls off hard, like, and that's how we end up with like bullshit shitty Luke. In the fucking sequel movies, where he's like, "This fuck this lightsaber, (laughs) I'm gonna go suck on this alien's titty and then fucking stab a fish to death with the world's largest spear." So, so, so I I kind of disagree with Gabe in in the sense that I I think they came they did come out and say that was kind of the end of the story, but I feel like there is a lot of people who want more. There's already people talking about how Sebastian Stan is like the perfect young Luke um, to have his own series on Disney+. Plus. There, I, 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 I get... <laughs> I, I, know, I know that that's what you're going to say, but I'm saying that there's, there are people who want that. You know, they're, they're, you, you, I think you're in the minority. You know, I, I, I think people I mean, fucking loved girl. that episode, and that's what <laughs> wanted them to get more. Just think about it, all right? Here we go. Elevator, like lobby pitch. Luke Skywalker, Indiana Jones, short round is a Padawan. Because it's Grogu. So, so Clone Wars with Luke? Yeah. <laughs> that's because that's what that is. That's Anakin and Tano tramping around the universe. Like, that's what that is. Those shows exist already. Like, yeah, but now we can get him with, with the young that, Luke that kicks ass instead of shitty the Luke that wants to murder somebody on the fly. There's already 18 hours of Skywalker story. Like, just do something new. We know how that turns out. But only six about Luke that are worth seeing. Also, the... Oh, Gabe's getting yelled at. Escape getting swatted. 
She said somebody tried to call the front desk and she thought it was up. Oh, so I, I, the, what I what I love about Disney Plus is that you don't have to watch it. Don't watch it. If they put it on and there's an audience for it and people want to watch it, then it's, it proves that somebody wants it. I'm not really interested in Boba Fett, but that's mostly because I don't know anything about Boba Fett. It's not because I don't like Boba Fett. I just don't know anything about him. So I'm not super interested in that one, even though I'll probably end up watching it. But I'm just saying, I think. See, but that's the that's the difference. Is you you don't know anything about Boba Fett because sure. there's not anything about Boba Fett. But that's like, but, I, but I'm story, saying Luke Skywalker's well, story has not Fett only been told anymore. Like like Luke Skywalker's story arc has not only been told across like six movies and his ancestors across three other movies. No way, dude. His story carries into the three new ones. Big he was time. only in one of them. <laughs> I know, but he's an important part. He's like the linchpin of those movies. But, but what I'm like, saying... Everything revolves around either how Luke Skywalker got to be born, what Luke Skywalker did, or what Luke Skywalker did and how it affected the future. But my, Those but, nine movies are about Luke Skywalker. Let me finish my thought. <laughs> Okay, before you interrupt me with your bullshit, not only has it been told across nine movies, it's already been told in thousands and thousands of pages of books. So has Boba, though. Legends is full of Boba. The the fact that he becomes what he becomes, he becomes the new Mandalore, you find out about his father more, you find out about his real name, which is actually the one that they gave his father in the show, which the only reason I know that is because of Legends. Like, the, the, if the argument is that there is so much about Luke in Legends that we can kind of close the book on it and say there's enough, Bobo is one of the characters who had maybe 30 seconds on screen. I'm 100% okay with that. In comics devoted to him, like, in mass quantity, strictly because he looked cool. Uh, Doyle! What's up? What up? I'm, just, I'm saying... I'm been kidnapped again. I'm saying that Disney Plus is big enough for a Luke Skywalker series to exist and Boba Fett and the Mandalorian and whatever other fucking bullshit Star Wars that they want to put on. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. I want to see the Jedi Master Bates story. Canon character from Legends. Jedi Master... uh, What was his first name, Tim? I don't know. Master whatever Bates. But that was his last name. (laughs) He's, he exists. He's real. I have the comic book. Tim knows because I showed it to him. I bought that. He's very, very proud of the first appearance <laughs> of Jedi Master Bates. <laughs> <laughs> he was killed in two issues. <laughs> it's hard to fight with a lightsaber when you go blind. <laughs> all, all I know is that they, they could have done something different. They could have done better. Like, and that's, that's just... That's just You're me, not and it's, right. it's literally the only thing I haven't liked about two whole seasons of a show. So that's a pretty good job. Like, if we were to go around the room, it for sure gets a thumbs up. Like, I fucking love you, the show. I just wish they would have done something different with with the end. I don't. He yeah, does, he doesn't. He doesn't like. He doesn't, he doesn't like that it was Luke Skywalker. I liked that it was Luke. I, I thought they could have, like, you know, spent eight bucks and made him not look like a 
early 2000s PS4 or PS3 video game character. I feel like you could take 30 seconds to put your face into the frame, too. <laughs> yeah, I feel like your face kind of like that right now. Hey, man, I'm in a car. Hey, man, I'm in a hotel. <laughs> this is your ball game. It's all your ball game. Ugh. Oh, you took a nap because Gabe was running late? And then I just didn't wake up, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but I have uh, 800 hours a week, so I'm okay with it. D'Angelo said he wants to see a Star Wars comedy about Twilight strippers that moonlight as bounty hunters. <laughs> I'd watch it. There's room for that. Yep. You can really put anything into the Star Wars universe, and as long as at some point a lightsaber comes out, I'm going to be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Don't you tell Gabe. You can really tell like, straight bullshit. Like and I'd lightsabers, be like, yeah, yeah, especially totally. if they're in Luke's hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, it might not be my favorite thing, but like, I'll be fine with it. <laughs> I don't know. I, it could have been Cal Kestis. It could have been Ezra. It could have been. I mean, there are a couple it could have been, but like, honestly, it could have just been a rescue party. It could have been a force witch. It could have been. It could have been the armor showing up after. For sure, Mando has removed his helmet <laughs> a dozen times. <laughs> like, have you I ever removed that. your helmet? The rules started to be less important to him as soon as he saw like like racial Mandalorians not wearing their helmet. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I just I don't think he realized that like there were other Mandalorians besides him that don't keep their helmets on all the time. Well, I think him showing his face to Baby Yoda was like a harken back to Vader taking off his mask to Luke. Yeah. When they departed. No, I mean, like, every single episode again in season two, like, has a callback to something or several things, you know? I think the Skywalker thing was like, I mean, whether anyone individually liked it, like the fan response has been clear that it was uh, absolutely the right, the right move because the fucking internet exploded. That, that's, well, that's all I'm like, saying. Look, I'm not, I'm not so deep into the nerdum that I know what could have been and what could not have been. I'm not AC. Well, I don't know the names of any other fucking Jedis except for the ones I've seen. And I was okay with, I was okay with it. I'm okay with that existing Side by side uh, with everything else that we happen to love, but you have but you have the books one. I do, but you I haven't read them. Books. Okay, the I, gotta go, I gotta go to bed because I'm like quickly falling asleep. Feel free to continue this conversation because <laughs> I know you guys are live. But I'm gonna leave you with one last little Star Wars tidbit. Should I mute so, you? No, not at all. So in in the new episodes, we see a Han Solo as a Force ghost, okay? Or at least something close to it. I want to say we see 
No. No, we don't. Somebody just yeah, asked. It's your anecdote. Asked Harrison Ford, somebody just asked Harrison Ford hypothetically if after he died, would he be a force host? That's what actually happened. Sorry, I'm very tired. And Harrison Ford's response was, I don't know what that is, and I don't fucking care. So there you go. The guy whose career was basically made on Han Solo and Indiana Jones doesn't give a fuck about what's happening in Star Wars. Of course, because he's right? got all those buckets. He's, he's got those I'm pretty yeah. sure he's yeah. another one of those actors that's actually really pissed about the sequels. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, the guy that have, plays like, Poe, the guy that plays Finn... Uh, fucking the Mark Hamill, they've all the like bitched publicly about it. Good night, sweetie. Yeah, we're, we're gonna go to bed. It's like 11 here, and I gotta get up at like six to drive another 12 hours. So, <laughs> thanks for playing devil's advocate, Dave. Uh, Gabe. Yeah, also, really my only problem with it was that. Also, I, you're I wrong. love the show, can't wait That's for the third season. Perfectly fair. You're still uh, wrong. Thanks. Bye. Apparently, I'm being kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> there she is. I'm being literally kidnapped. Oh, God, no. The puns. The puns. The puns will kill you every time. I removed him. <laughs> That's all right. He's been <laughs> removed. He needed to go. <laughs> <laughs> What else did you guys do? I, I watched this, uh, we, we've all, we haven't been going for super, super long, I don't think. I'm game to stay up if you guys are. Well, I passed out for three hours in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you dragging right now? No, I'm in a parking lot. I came out I came out from work, and I was getting ready to go home to do the podcast, and then Gabe was like, we're not going to shoot till 7.30. And literally, like, every day this week, I've worked, like, a 15- or 16-hour day, including Christmas. So I'm like fucking exhausted. So I just turned on my heated seats and I was like flipping through like TikTok videos for a little bit before I headed home. And then I was like, ah, it's 10 o'clock. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sleeping in my car's running. <laughs> I, was, I, was like, I, I haven't heard from Doyle in a minute. Thankfully, my car doesn't actually have to run for the seat to stay heated and go. But I was afraid my car was not going to turn back on, but luckily it did. Oh, thank God. So <laughs> my my wife wants me to tell this story. Um, so my brother-in-law almost died uh, right after Thanksgiving. Uh, apparently his blood sugar, he's a diabetic. So his blood sugar went really low. He passed out at work. Thank God he works at a hospital. Funk slammed his face. He stopped breathing the whole nine yards. He's fine now. But we for for Christmas we got him we got him a small little bellow if you know what a bellow is it's like a little thing that blows air for chimneys I believe is what they use it for yeah yeah um, and then we also use like furnaces yeah and then we got him some chocolates and then I put this in his in his box I can only see part of it glad Moving. you were only mostly dead. <laughs> it's, it's, it says glad you're only mostly dead I came up with it while we were watching it and I was like you think your mom would be really upset if we did this for Christmas for him <laughs> and then I did it anyways I like how I almost died on Thanksgiving so you gave him chocolates well it's from the movie the bellow is from when they're, when they're at Miracle Max's and the chocolates are 
Yeah, I know, but it aren't on the memory. If you're only mostly dead, you're still kind of alive. That's not how diabetic diabetes works, bro. Not type one. Probably misquoted that. Well, I don't know how the I don't know how the beaties works, man. <laughs> the beaties. Beaties. Oh, there's our live stream. Well, yeah. Our uh, our Instagram live stream is sideways. I know. I just I found that out <laughs> afterward. Uh, I I also watched the whole fucking season of uh, Selena on Netflix. I thought that was really good. Wait, I can't even do that. Did we finish that, well, sweetie? They're they're 30-minute uh, swings. I mean, they're really, really fast episodes. I'm, it's just a story I don't want to relive. Like, <laughs> I love the story sad, of Selena. It was sad when it happened, and it was sad when the movie came out. And I'm, I'm done, done, done. I don't need any more sadness of Selena. Oh, there's no <laughs> there's no sad yet. The first the first part is is up until she becomes really, really famous. Oh, so she doesn't die yet? No, that I, supposedly that's going to happen in the second season. Great. It's like the Titanic thing, like you know what's going to fucking happen. Like, <laughs> I mean, like, I will say this. The, Although some people say the Titanic didn't sink, but you know. The, the Jennifer Lopez <laughs> movie, uh, the show was almost scene for scene in the beginning. And then the series finally starts to take on a little bit of a life of its own and add more and show things and go into more detail and kind of develop more of, like, here's how her life was living in this fucking, like, bus of a tour van. Well, and... and yeah. I, I, like, I, it was not luxurious. It was literally, like, wood paneling and, like, pillows on a floor. Like, that was how they... Man, I, I don't, I don't doubt it's very popular, and that people like a lot. It was. Can you talk about a TV show that was like probably not being asked for by anybody? Like, I don't know anyone who was like, I need to see a TV serialized buddy, version of Selena. Buddy, it was number one on the top ten most watched things I, on Netflix. So somebody was asking gets, for it. That that blew up, bro. Sometimes she gets made that nobody wanted that turns out to be perfect. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I don't think anyone was like. Beating the boxes down for like the Selena show came out of nowhere. I won't. I won't say the Selena show knocks it out of the park, but it is good. Like it, it bears watching if you're even you know if you're into like you know Mexican music or Mexican culture and fucking Selena in general. Like, or you lived in Texas during that time period. And yeah, I probably have to watch it. I'm obligated. I, I, I mean, it's, it's good. It's good. I like it because not only do I know who selena is and i know about her music but i also know about ab and all of his music because he's been the leader of of i think four different cumbia groups that have been really really popular uh and so i was more interesting to me to to learn more about the rest of the family than about selena yeah i'm sure i'm sure eventually i'll watch it i just like not pulling on my strings at all since I wasn't here for the rest of the show, something else that didn't pull on my strings was that hot garbage, like Korean show that we watched. What? I liked the first. What? What? I watched wow. I liked the first episode, and then that show. So we're getting Doyle's hot take on uh, Alice in Borderland right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's hot garbage. <laughs> it was good at first. Like it was like, oh, this is interesting and different. And then I was just like, these characters grind on me every fucking episode. I was fucking bored at first, and then I got more excited as we went through. 
I didn't like. I don't. I don't like the characters at all. All the things that we loved about it, Doyle <laughs> fucking hated. <laughs> Pretty much. Completely <laughs> like anti-experience. I uh, missed the. I missed the first part of the show, so I missed the Alice in Borderland discussion. Um, I thought it. I thought it reminded me of the good parts of Lost, where they don't know what's going on, where not knowing what's happening to you is dangerous. Like when they're in the hatch for the first time. Like there, there's a lot of great moments like that. And when it gets to the end, and it's it is just escalated, leaving on that cliffhanger. As like it is, it is a whole premise. But to me, it's like I, there, there's always a character in every TV show that I hate. But I didn't like any of them. And I was just like, I don't care if they all die. Like, can we just get a reset of a whole new set of characters? Like, <laughs> I mean, they kind of did that after the third episode. Yeah. More or less, yeah. <laughs> the premise is cool, you know. I'm not like seven out of nine characters, like, immediately. Yeah. And then in they the last, and then in the last episode, you get rid of, like, 90% of the cast. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't finish it yet because I just couldn't get too much into it. But <laughs> I will finish it. Um, I'm too busy watching that I like. Have you gotten to the beach yet? The beach part? I think so, yeah. I got to like episode five or six, I think. Well, I don't okay. remember. I think five is uh, the beach. To anyone yeah. watching the live stream, Tim Husky totally just spilled cracker crumbs all over his goddamn self. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Gabe gave me shit for being slightly off frame earlier while he was fucking washing the dishes. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I didn't. Otherwise, I didn't. I watched a lot of uh, Gabriel Iglesias's new Netflix show, and I really enjoyed that too. Uh, Thirty yeah, minutes. I'm, I'm up to date on that show. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's, it's super quick. The third I, season, like. Was it like four episodes? Like, what the fuck? The third season's so short. Yeah, they went by really fast. I think I watched two seasons, and I didn't even realize I watched it in one day. <laughs> it's like Letterkenny. Letterkenny's got a new season out right now. Yeah. Came out day after Christmas. Dude, so much is coming out right now that's exciting to me. Transformers on uh, the season two of the new se- the new series on Netflix in three days that comes out and then cobra kai right after that oh cobra like, kai i'm, I'm excited so for that. excited <laughs> those are just candy to me i'm gonna just devour them as quickly as possible so to bring it back to mandalorian and then probably close out because it looks like we're about to lose doyle to another nap <laughs> <laughs> no i'm good actually <laughs> oh, all right look like you were nodding out there on the, on the fr- in frame <laughs> like maybe you're i might have something. been like i might have been like dropping my phone or something i don't know hey Anyway, so what was what was like one or like two things about season two that you really really liked about Mandalorian? Uh, I'll go since I just came in here. I think that Mandalorian and every other show can take hints off of this. Um, I'm all about the like, well, let's clean up the whole only guys being kick-ass thing and put girls in there. Mandalorian did it correctly. Like the women are badass in the show. And it's not made like a, it's so under the radar that it's not like a point that's being shoved down your throat. That makes sense? Yeah. Like, hey, we're putting women in this show, so you got to respect that. Like, right. even like uh, you know, the end of the fucking Avengers movies, like with shit like that, like full shot of all the women 
It's like, yeah. you don't have to do that. Like, a woman can just be a badass fighter. Well, like, like, this, well, like the Mandalorian did. Like, at yeah. that point, the scene, I felt like this is, like, a sexist thing that they're making a point for women. And no, it's just like, these women are badass. There was, there, yeah, there was, there was no point where it was like, yeah, girl power. Like, in yeah. your fucking face. No, like, that, like the, all right, so the last season has her, like, gun jams. And she's like, fuck, I can't get this thing to fire. She's just like, all right, starts beating motherfuckers <laughs> with the gun. And yeah. like, it's just like a cool fucking moment. And it's not like a girl power moment. Like, it's done yeah. right. Like, I just felt like they, other shows, other shows are more natural, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I could take a hint from that. In cause... fact, you, you might not have even noticed when they were on the ships over to catch up to the, uh, the Imperial ship to rescue Grogu. There were no white men at all, pretty much in that episode, until Luke. Esposito, yeah. uh, Pedro Pascal, uh, Timuera Morrison. Like, my wife pointed this out to me, and she's like, oh, baby Yoda. oh word. <laughs> baby Yoda's white. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I did notice, but not the first time I watched it. It was just one of those... the last episode like three times now. It's like it's a bigger universe. I mean, there there could have been like all green people on there, and it would have been perfectly yeah. Star Wars. Like, you know, it's a big universe. The accents, the generation, the costumes, Lorian that have that and do it perfectly. Yeah, fuck you, Gabe. This was done right. <laughs> yeah, the episode where now we're just kind of devolving into Mandalorian season two discussion again, but the episode where. Mando gets his ship repaired by the Mon Calamari guy, and it's just like fixed with like fishing nets and bullshit. <laughs> like that entire episode, I don't think there's a human in it like once. Like it's very alien heavy. Yeah. Even like even like the obvious like just like maybe a little prosthetics on the face, like still an alien, like not a human. <laughs> even the lazy ones like are still not you know. And then, even though Gabe didn't like that it was Luke, which I don't fully understand because I came in at the end of that, why he hates that Luke was in it. He felt but, like it was a softball. He felt like it could, like they could have just done something else and it still would have been amazing. To me, it was one of those softballs, though, that was so a softball that I don't think people really saw it coming. Yeah. And it was still like, fucking awesome. Fuck you. But also, <laughs> also, I really honestly think the showrunners were setting up to go like, here is a version of Luke that's not canon anymore. And if we want to go ahead and just act like those last three movies didn't happen, we can from this point. <laughs> and so we, well, he was, he so was, was the last three movies. He was, so he, Ace and I play a ton of video games together and Ace made this point the other day and I was hoping he would say it, but he's not. So I'm going to say it for him. He <laughs> said, so, all right. You see Luke Skywalker in the sequels, and he's like this bullshit trash character. You know, he's poorly written. Nobody liked him. Completely shit on everything we knew about the character and his dynamics. But what Mandalorian's last episode gave us was the young, kick-ass, take-no-fucking-prisoners, Jedi Master fucking Luke Skywalker going shitballs on some fucking droids. Because prior to that, 
the last thing you ever fucking see of a kick-ass Luke Skywalker is when he's fighting his dad. Like, he doesn't even even break shit balls out. He doesn't even actually break stride. I know, he's just fighting droids. He could have cut through him like butter anyway. But he goes nuts. He's like, kill you, kill you, kill you. Yeah. I don't even want to cut you with a lightsaber, I'll just crush you. Yeah, it's so unnecessary. Like, it's just like I feel this is practice, you know. <laughs> so so Gabe was upset because he he thought that at that point they could have introduced somebody new. They could have introduced a different Jedi. They could have introduced something different as opposed to putting Luke Skywalker on screen even though because he, he what he was saying was that every Star Wars movie ever made has to do with Luke Skywalker. And so he was just tired of seeing him and he thought somebody else could do it. I feel like the the cartoons really don't. And then Rogue One and Han Solo, like, don't really. Like, Solo's movie. But also, I think Luke was perfect because it lets you put Baby Yoda and Luke, like, in a closet and you can pull them out whenever you want. Like, you yeah, know, it's, like, you know, he's with Luke. You don't have to focus on him. You don't have to tell his story anymore. It's not the want, Baby Yoda show. And yeah. if you want to, you can pull him back out. But if you put a whole brand new character right there, and the fans get like stoked on it, then you kind of have to focus on that new character a little bit. You know what I mean? That's true. Luke's, Luke is just wherever now. Like, who cares? And I'm sure we interact in some degree, but not much. Well, and we all know, <laughs> Baby Grogu, Baby Yoda is like the is like white hot fire like popular right now for disney he is like just printing money for them there's no way he's gonna be put in the closet for very long just long enough for us to figure out what mando's gonna do now that he's the heir to the throne of mandalore but all we know is that grogu is probably going to come back to us before kylo ren kills all of luke skywalker's jedi like that's the other big like question like that everybody has now i really honestly feel like there's a big potential to write off those three movies because the actors didn't like them the fans really don't like them like you get you get a picture of luke that didn't seem to even exist based on those three movies the only 37 years for that episode of mando to finally see the luke that should have happened after return of the jedi yeah, the Luke everyone wanted, not the and fucking... Even if it wasn't part of the plan to write off those three movies, after the fan reaction to that Luke, I think they might take a look at that. Like, <laughs> Dude, and I loved I loved Finn, Ray, and Poe. All of them. I think they were great characters. I think they did some janky stuff with Poe in the third one, where they change a guy who was basically a hero of the Republic, whose parents were in the Rebellion, who was raised to be the ultra Magnus of the rebellion and was with hot rods personality, making some transformers references here, but he was a paladin as a Bond like reference. He was, the per- <laughs> he was the perfect, uh, symbol of excellence for the Republic in the post, uh, original trilogy era. And then they're like, nah, and he was a criminal for a while. And it just, you can't turn everybody into Han Solo. You know, you have to let the characters be who they are. Now, that yeah. said, I think these characters oh, no, are great. Well, Davern's character was ruined by Ryan Johnson when he was just suddenly, like, a complete fucking idiot of a soldier in an army. Like, <laughs> that yeah, was when Davern's character got fucked. 
Like, that's pretty much when everybody's character got fucked. What they tried to do, uh, I don't know who read Green Lantern when they killed Hal, when they turned Hal Jordan evil and killed him and then replaced him with a new Green Lantern who was more powerful, didn't have a yellow weakness, was an artist, was more creative. And they were like, yeah, we had to kill the old guy, make him terrible, so that you would like the new guy who's newer and shinier and better. And it makes me think of Rey with her command of, of the Force without training, which even in the latest yeah. episode of Mandalorian, Luke says, talent without training is nothing. And yeah, she finally did get it in the third movie. But what I'm saying is, you don't have to sacrifice the old characters to make the new ones good. Yeah. And Cobra Kai is how you do that right. Finally enough, a bullshit-made YouTube series fucking nailed it. And, like, a million-dollar production by Disney, like, failed on its fucking face. Like, there are people that love those movies, but by and large, they are viewed, like... You know what? The the new new three Star Wars movies is a 10-year-old D&D, like... Dungeon Master. He's like, my character, my NPCs are going to be the most powerful ever. Like, whatever they want to do, they can do. Like, they don't, it doesn't need to make sense at all. Like, everybody rolls 20s all the time. <laughs> Dude, they take everything that was a glorious moment that people had cheered for in the old movies. Han and Leia finally getting together, their first kiss at the end of Return when it looked like they were finally going to get together. And they're like, eh, they failed. They not only failed, they had a stupid kid who you're going to hate for three movies. Uh, Luke, yeah. oh, he's, he's a Jedi Knight. Nah, he's a failure. He gave up even on the Force. He tried to murder his like, own relative. Like, they turned, thing that you were excited about, they're like, no, in the crapper. They fucking turned Han Solo and Princess Leia's, like, like amazing, beautiful, loving relationship into, like, an episode of Married with Children. <laughs> like, they completely <laughs> shit on it. <laughs> they, took this, Bud Bundy. they took this thing that George Lucas made for three fucking movies, amazing. Like, he, he eventually failed it in the prequels, unfortunately. But he did it right the first time, and, <laughs> like, you just trash it with the fucking sequels. I hated that. So, so funny, funny side note, uh, the three latest movies carry a audience score average of 71.3%. Uh, the, the first and the last one are 86% with the audience, and then the middle one is 42% with the audience. But, they're, but overall, they're well-received. Well, here's the thing, though. I think the you're last getting, final movie was Lemonade Out of Lemons. And it well, was. I, really this. I think you're getting 25% positive reaction because it says Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I really do. I'm going to go with what Tim said. If there's a lightsaber in it, I will pay my money and show up opening night wearing a bathrobe and waving a $200 lightsaber. <laughs> That was that was uh, Doyle that said that earlier. But oh, yes. nice job, Doyle. That's an expensive. <laughs> I mean, lightsaber. if there's a lightsaber in it, I mean, honestly, anything Star Wars, take my money. I'm always going to be interested because I am a fan, and it could be complete bullshit. And yeah, Episode uh, Eight, Ryan Johnson, fuck you. Like, you're not an awful director. You could have done better. I don't know what you did. You took Knives a Out was great. Knives Out is a fantastic movie. Loved it. But um, the thing is, too, is like you get weird. Like, I, I don't know if it's just like 
trying to be part of the crowd, but because something's popular, you also get a whole crew of people who are coming to it for the first time, and they're just going to love it no matter what it is. I think you see that in the Marvel movies, too. Like, there are Marvel movies that are not that good. Oh, for but sure. Still, but they're still super <laughs> high up there as far as, like, liked movies go because they were just on the train ride, you know what I mean? Like, in between two other good ones, but... I mean, uh, dude... I don't know, man. Two, I'm a nerd. Or two made money, dude. I mean... <laughs> I'm a nerd. Let's, let's be but, real. You are 100% accurate with that statement. <laughs> I'm a nerd, but I'm not... I'm not a... I'm not a nerdy enough to write a whole Rotten Tomatoes thing about something that I really liked or didn't like. Like, I, I feel like... You're, a lot not, of, you're not new to this scene, though. I'm talking about right. people like my brother, who, like... But my older one of my older brothers kind of loves the Marvel universe. He was never a comics book fan. Every Marvel movie is great. Yeah, he'd give it a hundred out of a hundred because like he's just he's not being disingenuous. It's just that's what he got. He liked it. That's what it is. But it's not an accurate representation of like the best they could have done every time. You know what I mean? Not I really like that too. The three Star Wars, the second new Star Wars movie of the three. I don't even know what it's called, is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The last Jedi. Like, and I don't, I don't say that lightly. Like, every part of the movie infuriates me. And if you think about it, as even just from a logical standpoint, nobody makes a decision that makes any kind of sense even once. Everyone's just like, let's do what we shouldn't do right here. Like, every mm-hmm. single time. And we're going to just have Luke Skywalker die for literally no fucking reason. Who even knows He's just... Dead? Gonna we disappear. Yeah, maybe, maybe he just learned how to teleport. He's training with Goku now. I don't know. <laughs> He's training with Goku. <laughs> it is a galaxy far, far away, Doyle. You could have, you could have told me anything in that second movie. I, what? <laughs> let's sacrifice our entire fleet and keep everyone in the dark. So we can get a few fucking transport ships onto a moo while everyone else will die. Like, what the fuck kind of plan is that? <laughs> Dude, that not only that, space, you're never going to run out of gas going a certain speed. In fact, burning your fuel will actually make you go faster. <laughs> like, you are, never at, you are never at risk of slowing down. And ben that Rose. is the part that drive, drove me nuts about the movie. Like, basic science <laughs> physics didn't well, make sense. Well, they're physics are out the window in the series. Like, Bombers, you, get the first, you get the first new Star Wars movie of the three, where they shoot the, like, you know, the, the new Death Star, but it's a Death Planet now. And people are, watching, people are watching the light beam go across the galaxy. I'm like, that doesn't work that way. Like, you aim it. <laughs> When you aim at a planet that's like 45 light years away and shoot, it's going to be a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's how light works. But yeah, I mean, Rose and Finn had time to leave the ship, have an adventure, and come back. They couldn't have just, like, given everybody ferried on the same boat and gotten yeah. them all off to that fucking gambler planet? They went and did something. They, we, we basically spent 45 minutes of the film on something that didn't fucking matter at all. Literally did not matter. And, and was a perfect escape route for all of them that they ignored. Yeah, like, <laughs> could have definitely gotten at least, like, a hundred people on that ship with them. Easily. Here's the thing. If you could take down their fucking uh, shields and sneak a giant fucking little spaceship onto it, because I know it's a big spaceship, but you're pretty much a big-ass spaceship, too. There has to be some future kind of nuke you could just take with you. 
Oh yeah. More like literally like an entire battalion of fucking fighters, not just like the three of them. They don't do nuclear. They don't do large scale weapons in small packages in the future. It's like if it's a large scale weapon, it has to be large scale as well. <laughs> Fuck it. The middle movie pisses me so off so much my headset fell off. You, you need to have somebody pilot a ship on a suicide mission because they don't have droids and they don't have autopilot and they don't have a stick that you can wedge the steering wheel into the position that you want. Like, none of those things were possible. Even though we show literally all of those things prior to that moment in other Star Wars content. <laughs> the, fucking, the fucking Empire fell apart because they didn't hire a CFO. He's like, can we stop building giant circular megastructures? They cost a lot of money. <laughs> they fail utterly every time. <laughs> Which, by the third movie, they have that gun on every ship, on thousands of ships. They're all yeah. more powerful than, or at least as powerful as Starkiller Base. Ace, they have that gun in Mandalorian Season 1. It's the thing they're about to shoot them with in the cantina before they break out. <laughs> it's just like a small version of that. They use it in the season two to destroy the Razor Crest. You don't have to utterly annihilate a planet with a single shot. Like I don't even know. know. I don't even know if that's actually ever really the best thing you could be doing. Like in Rogue One, whatever whatever weapon they fire in Rogue One at the planet that basically wipes out a size like Denver size area, if not more, in the desert. Mm -hmm. That's kind of all you need. Yeah, that's really all you need. Like, you know, you maybe want to gain some kind of resources or... I mean, to destroy an entire planet is, you know, strategically, you know, not sound. You're literally wasting resources at the expense of resources. Nah, bruh. <laughs> Military not a sound. You push a few asteroids down a gravity well at a planet, you do a little bit of math, and you don't even need bullets. You get it taken care of. We're worried about one asteroid coming too close to Earth and setting our atmosphere on fire and killing us. Not, not even having to hit. Like, that's all it takes <laughs> if you want to wipe out the life. A near miss that's close enough. <laughs> Throwing a rock. Like, they can throw a frick. You can put the rock on your ship and kind of, like, spin and let it Tokyo Drift out the back in an arc <laughs> that you've mathematically figured out. And you don't even have to use any extra gas. Honestly, a bunch of Star Destroyers just being sent planet-side with no recourse would do enough damage. You <laughs> <laughs> don't need a giant death planet. No. I, I can only understand the death planet as far as it is like a fear thing. Beyond that, it's just like... The first two work. You still didn't need to go that big. You masterfully, <laughs> you masterfully manipulated the entire galaxy, Palpatine. Like, you're a smart dude. And like, but the end-all, be-all of that is, like, giant circle shooter. I need one. <laughs> I need a large fucking gun. <laughs> Build it Never mind the fact he could clone himself endlessly, apparently, on this Sith planet that we're introduced to in the last film. Not to mention, economically, if a country starts building two nuclear warheads, we can figure it out. 
Like almost immediately. <laughs> we know immediately. The world knows immediately because, because like our base materials are going on the planet. Yeah. You're like, that's a lot of shit that goes boom heading over to Afghanistan. Like, yeah. <laughs> but in the Star realm, you like can there's... ride out like entire worlds and it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on over there. There are satellites, <laughs> Doyle, that can be like, hmm, awful lot of uranium spiking over there. <laughs> like they can just detect this shit now. <laughs> How do you not know a giant, an entire planet is being turned into another death ray? <laughs> How did that Honestly, one escape so you? Again, for the third so time. Obviously, obviously, the science is super stupid everywhere. But the everything is super stupid everywhere. We just accept it because it's entertaining for the most part. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. The third trilogy and it's so much stupider and not entertaining yeah i just don't get how people how they wrote i'm not sure i own them i purchased them i watched them in theaters because occasionally i have to see people fight with lightsabers although they're they're not even very good lightsaber fights in those movies the the original three that are not the original three i guess the second three original three have the best lightsaber fights for sure Episodes one through three. Those are the moments you sit through those entire boring, shitty fucking movies to watch. Duel of the (laughs) Fates, Dooku versus Yoda, and then, of course, you know... Anakin and Kenobi. Yeah. The fights are not the weak part. I mean, even Kenobi against Grievous was awesome. I mean, Mace Windu fighting the Emperor. There was so much story in that one scene. That was like... That was a pretty cool lightsaber fight, though. That was two old guys. They shouldn't have been a little bit of animation. <laughs> right? Samuel Jackson turns, I think, like 74 this year or something. <laughs> he did not look it. We are talking about he pretty heavily about bringing him back. So I'm okay with it. So here's yeah. the thing. Here's something I totally forgot to mention earlier while we had Gabe. Mace Windu and Luke Skywalker were the most theoried Jedi to show up eventually to claim Grogu. Eventually, somebody had to show up anyway because that was the Mando's quest. And I feel like Mace Windu would have been a fucking awesome character to have show up. He could have showed up in like a, like a, you know, a a pre-Republic fighter, you know, a Jedi fighter that we hadn't seen since Clone Wars, and be like, "Who the fuck is this?" Because everybody be like, "Is that Ahsoka? Why the hell is she coming back? She already said she was out." And then to have Mace Windu show up would have been fucking awesome, but. We got Luke, and Luke was also awesome. So, so I don't understand Ahsoka's character because, from my understanding, she's supposed to be a pretty powerful Jedi herself. She is, but she just but doesn't really. Honestly, rep, her, rep fight Jedi Mando, her fight with Mando though seemed like she was about as good of a fighter as Mando. Mando I, could barely take on one fucking death robot and skywalker made him their bitches so it's like is luke <laughs> that much better of a jedi than her yes yes <laughs> I, I know in, i know in original like legend stuff he is but that's what i'm saying is they're kind of portraying him now that he's not so it's like that's why i really i honestly think they're gonna do at least in the background i think luke, we're gonna hear about how badass luke skywalker is in the other star wars series it wouldn't like, be it wouldn't be a stretch of the imagination to see Luke Skywalker again in Ahsoka's series. Because yeah, if she's going to go after Admiral Thrawn on her own, I feel like she is hopelessly outgunned. And Luke would be a huge boon to that fight, 
for obvious reasons. So I feel like, you know, if we see him again, it could be there. I want to see Luke go against Thrawn just like he did in the books, which they keep like saying doesn't count, but we're going to keep having the same guys rewrite the same stories with the same characters and say it counts now. Also, so, that could be Disney kind of backpedaling on maybe not all of that isn't canon anymore, but we're going to do it our way. They're just going to steal what they want, you know? Yeah. That seems to be it. That's what I would do. I just don't, I just don't <laughs> get it. Like, the books have some sweet shit in it. Just use it. Agreed. Like, what's the what's the race that's, like, force-resistant? They all Isolmari. Isolmari. Dude, that, would a, that would be a badass set of movies. Yeah, where all their like all their technology is like alive to some degree, I believe. It was like I think they they had an aura around them that created a bubble in the force. It was like I'm not I don't remember the explanation too well. This was like 30 years ago, but uh, <laughs> it's been since I was like 12 that I read these. So it's quite a while. I mean, Thrawn had the equivalent of one of the weasels from this planet strapped on a harness on his back so that Luke couldn't use the force when he went up against him. And then it was training versus training. So there is, I mean, this is what made Thrawn dangerous. He, he, was, he is the Batman of that universe, and he works for the Empire. Yeah. That is why people <laughs> love Thrawn. He is prepared. He is tactical. He is, uh, that, that's his superpower, is super. I just remember how in those books, how, how good of a job they did of, like, Every, like, Luke is so badass, but how hopeless the situation felt when that species first shows up. And it's like, oh, shit, like, they're in, like, living ships. They're, like, they go through, like, fucking anything. Their weapons cut through anything. Fucking lightsabers don't do jack shit to them hardly. Like, <laughs> fill them with the force. And she's like, what the fuck? Yeah, it created a new threat, and it picked a different thing than just another planet with a bigger gun on it. Yeah, it was honestly... What you guys are talking about right now sounds like a better sequel trilogy than the First Order. Like, why can't we have, like, an entirely new fucking threat show up and just have, you know, Jedis dealing with something that they still can't fucking deal with? <laughs> and, and a pretty epic Chewbacca death scene in that as well. Which would have yeah. broken hearts and probably still made millions. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that was the thing. If you can if you can make a threat that nullifies the power of someone on Luke or Vader or Palpatine's scale, it makes all the other people in their world more important. Because yeah. all you know, if, if it's just down to Luke's training with a laser sword versus a Mandalorian's training with Beskar armor versus, you know, a, an Imperial shock trooper versus a Republic veteran like then all of a sudden they're on a similar playing field all of a sudden you need them because frankly like Mandalorians I, I really did not care about Mandalorians or have like this big hard on for them like the people that played the games because I'm just like they're guys in suits that are well trained it doesn't matter if a guy from 50 feet away can force push you off the cliff you're not it's yeah. like guys who aren't Batman trying to fight Superman there's yeah. no it, it's pointless you you don't count against that um which is why you know the emotional stories and the emotional connection luke had with leia and with han and chewie and everybody those were the things that were his weakness just like kryptonite and concern for others is superman's weakness you can't in a, in a straight-up brawl that was not the thing that was the threat that was just a neat way to show their power the threat was the things they cared about but a way to change it up is if all of a sudden you know rocky's fighting I ivan drago 
and it's no longer a fair fight. He's now fighting, you know, a genetically engineered monster of science, and he's fighting uphill again. That's that's what they tried to do with the new series, was put the uh, heroes in a disadvantaged position so that they had to fight out of it. And in principle, I agree with that. But it was, they had to make so many stupid choices to make that, to put them in that position. Luke had to betray everything that he wanted. The Republic had to be so incompetent that even after a victory was handed to them with 20 years of help, they still bungled it bad enough that the First Order could still exist and create another empire. You know, everything that mattered had to be destroyed, but not in a way that even made sense. They were just like, at this point, let's wipe the slate clean and start over, but without respecting the slate. Yeah, the First Order, it didn't even seem like it didn't even seem like Luke put a dent in what was going on. I mean, when you come back to them, they got bigger, better ships. They got more of them. Like, it's just seems like uh, everything went on as planned. Yeah, <laughs> just hunky-dory, like, okay, you killed the Emperor, what do you fucking do? <laughs> Still an enormous military principality that exists. <laughs> You see, and you kind of get a little bit of that in Mandalorian. Like, there's still a shitload of empire around. Like, all, almost every other episode of season two has empire in it. I mean, one of my favorite episode is the episode where uh, Bill Burr's character comes back. Like his his episode where they do the uh, where they sneak into that facility to find Moff and ship through the console. I thought was probably the best episode in the series for me. I, it was beyond like the other stupid points where it's like, I guess just any trooper can just look up where like <laughs> the biggest baddest guy is right now. There's there's no secrecy in the first. <laughs> and what is the point of facial recognition if it doesn't yeah, secure it doesn't against people who aren't imperial? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter what you look like as long as you have a face. Yeah, that, <laughs> what the heck? I mean. That, that, I can't find a good explanation for that one. I still look at that and go, all right, it's Star Wars. I will accept for sure, that. For sure, the largest plot hole in that fucking episode. But, but the rest of the episode to me is perfect and yeah. amazing. I like Bill Burr. Burr's dialogue with Mando when they're almost there about like how, you know, so is it you can't take the mask off? Or is it nobody can see your face? He's like, everybody's got a lion. They don't cross until things get messy. But, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night. And I was like, damn, that's a pretty fucking serious message out of nowhere. <laughs> and then <he's laughs> Like everybody's like, got their thing they will and won't do until it's like time to get ugly. <laughs> and then they kill everybody and he's like, put your mask on. I didn't see your face. Yeah, yeah. He's like, put that bullshit back on. I didn't see your fucking face. Like, he's still a fucking, like, total fucking gangster about the whole scenario. <laughs> My prediction for down the line uh, is that before Din Djarin becomes Mr. Bo-Katan, rulers of Mandalore, um, th- this is where I see that going. Uh, and as soon as he becomes the public face here without his mask... Somebody that may have been interviewed by Gabe not that long ago may show up and be like, what the actual fuck? Why are you not wearing your mask? You were raised by us. You owe us that. And, like, this this Man, is a storyline. Battles ensue. Yeah, I because, see. 
getting a little Mandalorian Civil War action would be pretty fucking dope in live action since we've never really seen it outside of animation. Outside of Clone Wars, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's kind of where I see that happening. And, and what's interesting to me is that that would be a huge conflict for him, and it would be a pure storyline conflict that does not affect his power, his influence, his ability to kick ass. It's merely based on something that is important to him as a character, even if it affects no one else. And that's why I'm sure for it. Yeah, I'm sure that that will be an issue at some point. It has to be. You can't have him start taking his mask off for something that is important and not have the person that put it on you question that after they've lost lives to protect you. It's very true. I also can't wait to see just the book of both it. Yeah. I really hope they take it to the logical point to me, which is where Boba Fett is a mean ass like bounty hunter and he wants to like get his respect back because <laughs> you could easily do like a lot of cool things like him trying to hunt down Han Solo, Luke, you know, the people who tried to fucking murder him, throw him in a starlight pit. <laughs> <laughs> Have a vendetta against crappy jet packs manufactured by whoever yeah. built his. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there, there was the meme, and it was like, could you imagine if Boba Fett just hung out for like 10 minutes longer? <laughs> he would have fucking had a run-up on fucking Luke Skywalker. <laughs> he would have had to drop, too. <laughs> he would have died. Say that again, one. I said he would have died. <laughs> I think so. Trying to have Luke Skywalker get like developed over three movies and then taken out by Boba Fett. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gents. It's 11 p.m. All right. It's nighty night time. When are you going to send out those lists, Juan? Uh, uh, very soon, either tonight or tomorrow morning. Okay. Um, I'm going to make it quick. TOTLB.com. Leave us a voicemail, 970-573-6148. It's a long night. See you guys later. AC, you're down here. Thanks for joining us, my man. Appreciate you. You guys Thanks have, for letting me. You guys have a great Let's night. Go. We'll see Around you guys the table later. Real quick, thumbs up. Oh, thumbs up for sure. <laughs> yep. There we go. Now we got that out of the way. Somebody can actually love the Mandalorian season one. Mandalorian season two was really good. I don't think you can dispute it. It's enjoyable. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Later. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Thinking Outside the Long Walks podcast. Join us on Facebook and Twitter to get behind-the-scenes information for exclusive content and to be notified when new episodes are available. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent or reflect those of the Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast, Baron Space Productions, its partners, or affiliates. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is made available by its creators, Juan, John, and Gabe. The podcast is edited and produced by Juan, and Albie is the co-executive producer. The Thinking Outside the Long Box podcast is a barren space production.